Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. This is episode 521. We're recording this on Friday, August the 14th, 2020, at 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. You can normally join us on Facebook. Unfortunately, this week it failed us. Um, But like I say, you normally can join us and watch it live on Facebook and comment and take the mickey out of me. Obviously, not my panelists. They are all fantastic. Um, got a great panel. I think I've rustled up some interesting stories. I'm going to let the panel quickly let them introduce themselves. First of all, with Uncle Spencer. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? Spencer Foreman from launchflows.com. Got my friend Chris from Nifter LMS. Chris, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Chris from Lifter LMS, and we help course creators create, launch, and scale. I've got young Stephen with me. Stephen, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, Stephen Satter from Zipfish.io. We make WordPress super best. I've got my great co-host of my, of the interview show with me, Adrian. Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Adrian from Groundhog. We help small businesses launch their funnel, grow their list, and scale their business. And before we go into the main um, stories of the week, I just want to mention one of our great sponsors, um, been sponsoring the show for over three years, and that's Kinster. Kinster Hosting. They only host WordPress. And if you've got a learning management system, a WooCommerce website for yourself or for your clients, you need better hosting. And that's what you get with Kinster. I've been hosting the WP Tonic website for a couple of years with them. I've been delighted with their service and performance. What you get is um, Google Cloud hosting with a fantastic interface um, all the bells and whistles you're looking for, um, plus great support. So it's a fantastic package. If that's interesting, go over to Kinster, buy one of the packages for yourself or for your clients. And the main thing is to tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. So into the first story. Um, we, we discussed it a little bit last week, but it's still flaring up and there have been a lot of comments about it. And that's the Ashton theme suspended and reinstated. Themes teams work towards delisting strategy uh, guideline violations. I'm going to ask Spencer to start off with this one because he seems eager. Right on. So, yeah, why not? <laughs> First of all, you've never seen a more polarizing topic than this in the WordPress space, because this is the epitome of the police state. And let's be honest, I'm not even trying to put the politics of the WordPress into politics of the real world and stuff. I mean, the real world is the real world. This is our little micro bubble of our WordPress world. But in the WordPress little baby bubble, you've never seen a more polarizing topic than something such as this that shows the police state that Automatic makes most of the developers live under, where Do as we say, not as we do. And if you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar, especially if you're a successful business, we're going to make an example of you behind an anonymous theme review team uh, chatbot name or otherwise. Because what Astra had to do, what Sujay's team had to do, was essentially keep up with all the other people that do the same stuff, where it wasn't even direct affiliate. It was literally a bunch of hooks and filters where if you had certain affiliate plugins installed that they would get an affiliate credit because they kind of recommended them. And it was a gray area in the theme team review stuff. And yet the theme team anonymously decided to bitch slap them for a five week removal of the pretty close to number one theme in, in the free repository. I think until or unless the protests started which is where the bifurcation of interest came because I have personal relationship with Sujay and his other partners like Adam, some of them great, some of them didn't work out so well. I'm a competitor on one of their products even, but I respected his position as being honest and correct. And so I stood up in support. I posted on the original thing. Then interestingly, other people came out like in this comment here, the first guy, go get them, go kill that theme. They're bad guys, take them down. So you have either people that say, this is the way it is and you have to do it. And the people who say, punish the heck out of them. Either way, the winners 
are automatic because automatic created the problem, perpetuate the problem, benefit from the problem. And I think that's what's interesting. And I was speaking to another development team today about how those of us who develop and work in WordPress are being pushed closer and closer to the day when one of our bigger friends, maybe Elementor, will just say, hey, let's take the core WordPress software with our plugins and go build an optimized little, you know, Russell Brunson arrangement, call it WordPressy like two or something, and be done with this nonsense. That's it. Yeah. I got Sally. Got Sally joining us. Um, she's a little bit late. Sally, you like to quickly introduce yourself? Good morning. Uh, <clears throat> I'm Sally Getch, the WP fangirl, and uh, <clears throat> there are some things I can't manage to do before breakfast. No, oh, well, there you go. Uh, I'm not going down that road. So, Chris, um, I had mixed feelings about this, but I did read the comments, and also Justin. Um, I had some great things to say, as he normally does. And my position is that, obviously, I feel that um, the Astra team did break um, some of the rules. Um, but on the other hand, being banned for five weeks seemed a bit excessive. What do you reckon, Chris? I think this all just comes down to having a clear analytical process and guidelines mm. and then we just enforce the guidelines and i don't know what the back channel communication was you know from a leadership perspective i'm a big fan of praise in public criticize in private so i would hope maybe it happened maybe it didn't i don't know that uh the the theme review team would have a private conversation around very specific <laughs> public guidelines of what is and is not allowed in uh theme code or and the readme files and all that stuff. And, you know, pointing out, giving them an opportunity to correct, you know, doing a public thing with like a punitive action right after the news of crossing a million, uh, being the first theme beside of an auto install theme to cross a million installs. It just looks like being made an example, but I don't know what, uh, what actually happened there. So I don't want to speculate. Yeah. But I think it just boils down to we need guidelines. And if there's a gray area, that's cool. Let's keep working on it. And also, I just want to acknowledge that WordPress is started out as a blogging platform. And bloggers monetize a lot of times through affiliate marketing. So affiliate has been woven into the <laughs> fabric of WordPress for a long time. It's only natural to see it you know, come out in certain places. So I think it's an opportunity to grow. And just be super clear for plugins and themes. Like, we just need the guidelines. Without taking anyone else's time, I want to add one thing. Let's talk about Jetpack, or somebody can relate to Jetpack. Jetpack and WooCommerce have become the most pervasive abusers of self promotion and affiliates because Jetpack gets installed by default and forces you into all these other upsell purchases. And now, so does WooCommerce because the onboarding of WooCommerce. It doesn't even let you skip it or exit out of it. And you get forced into like a GoDaddy onboarding to choosing all these things. So it's strangely ironic when they take the do as we say, not as we do as the basis, the moral basis or business basis for saying that somebody has violated the, the terms that are gray by having, oh, we'll use somebody's plugin and then we'll get an affiliate referral. Well, I think using the word force and, you know, I'm no love of... Um well, nobody's hat. nobody's forcing anybody to use Astra. It's free. Yeah, well, I mean, you use, you use you're it. Not, it's like you use Astra. Well, you're, I not understand forced, you're not forced to use um, Jetpack. It's just put you're right not, in your... Yes, you're not even forced to install it if you I'm actually not, install saying, WordPress yourself. Hold on. You're not saying... Hold, Sally, I want to... I'll let you do it. But like, I'm not saying nobody's forced to use it. I'm saying if you take the button and you click... Add Jetpack. Yeah, I'm going to intervene here because I want some of the other panels to get their comments about this. So, um, Stephen, what do you think about it? I mean, there was a gray area in the rule, but like there's gray areas all over. And generally, the idea is if the law has an intent to it and somebody finds some weird loophole, it doesn't mean that you can just slip through that loophole. Like the intent of no affiliate links was that somebody wouldn't be able to do that. And when you have Astra coming in and recommending specific plugins and then people installing those plugins and then hijacking those links to put on 
affiliate links so they can make money off of it. Like that's as close to breaking the rules without literally breaking the rules you can get. And so from a moralistic standpoint, I feel like the intent of the don't use affiliate links rule Astra definitely crossed that and was doing some things that like probably you probably shouldn't you probably yeah. shouldn't do. Um, I think they're great points, Stephen. Adrian, what do you reckon? And thanks for that, Stephen. They, that was a great point. I, I one, one last thing. I think like also it's good to know that like in the United States, it's it's against the law to use affiliate links without saying that you are benefiting from these links. Like you cannot generate revenue from that. Like, like that's not a WordPress rule. That's like a United States. So like from inside the com- uh, the country that um, it, where like automatic and these rules are created, like th- it, there's something that's even bigger than WordPress that like was kind of being infringed on here. Yeah, like, that's, that's a good point, Stephen, because Right. I mean, whenever you look at like an article from, from, from a blogger, it's like this article or this page contains affiliate links. And if you click on it, I will probably make money if you buy something, right? When you're hooking into other plugins via filters and who, and, and, and whatnot, you know, if someone goes to like WP forms, which is one of the plugins that they are overriding the affiliate link for, and you know, you install the free version, then you go buy the pro through that link. Astra gets credited with the sale and it's kind of like, what? You know, there, there is absolutely zero explanation that that was the case. Uh, now, the no, I don't think the, the no affiliate links uh, rule applies to plugin developers because, you know, we have tons of affiliate links pretty much freaking everywhere. Um, but, you know, solution, don't use obvious affiliate links. Like, mask well, in, some, in some cases, <laughs> I mean, legally, uh, of course, uh, the, the point was, you know, uh, don't use hidden affiliate links or, you know, that, that you, if you use affiliate links, you have to announce them. But the, you know, the WordPress rule is, and, and you know, the, the WordPress rules are uh, not entirely clear and they are not necessarily enforced in a consistent way. Uh, Spencer is absolutely right about, um, you know, chief via, certain mm-hmm. chief violators in the plugin area. Okay. Um, this is the first issue I remember coming up of this sort with a theme for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, and the theme rules and the plugin rules are a little different and also not mutually consistent. Um, so it's, you know, you have to cut people some slack, but at the same time, I know a lot of people who have been spending a lot of time lately trying to find uh, loopholes in uh, regulations uh, uh, that apply to them. And uh <clears throat> Uh, I've noticed that the people who have created those regulations uh, seem to get like more pissed off about the pursuit of loopholes than they did about the thing in the first place. Yeah, well. it's, it's, it's easy, but you know, it's, it's not difficult to do well and still play by the rules in a, in a, in a morally ethical way. Yeah. Right. Um, like yeah. um, plenty of theme developers do it. Plenty of plugin developers don't do it. And if you don't like the rules, then be premium and 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 not be in the repository. There are plenty of plugin developers and plenty of theme developers who are doing it successful that way. Like pursuit of like the pursuit of loopholes and and kind of like crossing the line, as Stephen put it, by going all the way up to the boundary where you're technically not breaking and you know that you're technically not, but it's still like morally ambiguous. You know, it's just like just don't. It's not. It's yeah. not difficult to do it the way the rules are stated, and it's possible to be successful doing that way. Maybe it's not going to get you that you know extra ten percent affiliate revenue, but you can probably live without. And you can always just you know if you have like a thirty percent conversion of like free to paid, just stick those same affiliate links <sighs> in your premium version and call it a day. Because you yeah, know, I, think, that, uh, I think that's great points. I think we call this a day because we did discuss it last week a bit as well. On to story two. Uh, Google announces new tools to help virtual education during the pandemic. I thought this was really interesting, Chris. What did you think of this little, this little story? I think it's good to see the technology giants uh, helping where they can. Um, I'm actually working on a, on a huge article. It's about 14 pages long right now about this and this kind of ties to um uh sort of like there there's a talk Matt Mullenweg does on podcasts and things about the five stages of remote working 
And there's a similar thing that I see happening in online education. Number one is level one is like this emergency scenario, like this scramble. And we got to do just spool up Zoom and do what we've done before, but virtually. And then there's a copy the classroom level, which is where we lean on technology giants to save us. And then it goes up and as education entrepreneurs and teachers become more empowered and start taking ownership and the platforms get more democratized and they get into WordPress and uh, you know more flexibility, control and power and all that. But I think it's it's and it's not that it's better to use WordPress. It's just a it's another stage of technological empowerment. But to see Facebook and Google create things that help with yeah. learning, like in the Facebook groups, like there's these learning module things and they're trying to do little Zoom like uh, rooms you can create and Google doing it as well with their breakout rooms. And, you know, they're kind of copying Zoom because Zoom has already led the way with virtual meetings. Virtual meeting is how we do education these days in a pandemic. So I'm excited to see it. And I'm excited. That's like kind of top down. But I'm also excited to see how, you know, is, we're going to see and are seeing a lot of innovation happening uh, from the ground up with smaller technologies and education entrepreneurs well it's the only kind of light in you know the pandemic there's not much lightness there but i think without the pandemic you know there seemed to be um not a lot of new in innovation to from the bigger people not i'm not putting your own company or some of the innovation you saw in the wordpress ecosystem but in from the big players there didn't really seem to be a lot of interest in the in the remote education market. I think that's changing quite considerably, isn't it? Well, learning is often taken second fiddle to commerce. So you'll see a lot of optimization, just like in WordPress. You know, there's a lot of focus on like WooCommerce and affiliate and learning is always like this afterthought. But the pandemic has has literally brought what I would say is five years of e-learning innovation compressed it into five months. So it's just accelerating it because of the driving need that uh, we're not just going to use the internet primarily for shopping and conversion optimization and SEO. Let's, let's teach some people. Yeah, that's great. What do you reckon, Sally? Uh, well, it, it's, uh, you know, the uh, the Google Meet uh, changes. It's like you know they finally realized uh, how essentially inadequate uh, Google Meet was, and and they're rushing to add the features that are you know that have been in Zoom more or less since the beginning. Uh, but looking at this article, it's like wait, I could get Google to do my math homework. Uh <laughs> <laughs> if only they had that when I was a child. Uh, yes, well, it's I mean you know I liked math until calculus, but. Yeah, um, that that was my downfall, uh, mm. and it is interesting. I mean, to uh, uh, to see this, but uh, yeah, we need kind of need crises to stimulate uh, innovation. Not that I would have wished a pandemic on anyone. Now, what do you reckon, Spencer? You know, um, I think that's you know that's the only hope you can really get from this pandemic is that afterwards you're going to see a lot more tools available for people to learn online really aren't you i think it's the with google it's always the squeaky wheel gets the grease and uh i used to use for my webinars the i can't remember the name of it but the the google hangouts i think it was or yeah. they called it something else and it was a great little product it didn't have all the features but it was reliable and so forth <clears throat> and then they killed that and google's history seems to be that they come up with a great idea put a few people on it make it really exciting to use, get fans, and then it dies a slow, lonely death. Google Reader, anyone? Huh? I said Google Reader, anyone? Well, like what happened with their email, right? I mean, I've been with Gmail or Google Apps Mail for a while, and they just, you know, killed... I forget what they called it. Remember a couple, a year ago, they had that awesome Gmail client or Google Apps client? Inbox? That, inbox, right. I, 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 I It's gone. <coughs> They, they made it. I used it. I fell in love with it. They let it die. And then one day it was gone. And that's been a history. So I think what they're doing now is that somebody in their large profitable organization realized like, 
wow, we have software and teams of people that do this stuff and look at what Zoom's doing. Maybe we need to throw a little love this direction. And, uh, but on the other hand, I'm a little skeptical. I'm feeling like they'll do this yeah. for now, then the pandemic's over, and then this will die with all its fans going underwater with it. Back to ads. Back to ads, right. Yeah. So what do you reckon, Adrian? You know, because uh, I think uh, Spencer's got a good point there with the track record of Google and some of the big tech companies. But on the other hand, I think the, uh, the, the possibilities of improving the online education experience almost endless, you know, I think we're in the caveman days, you know, of online education, really, to some extent. What what do you reckon, Adrian? Well, yeah. I mean, I only wish that I had, uh, I I want to reference Sally, you know, they have the tool that can, like, do your math homework. I did not do very well in math. Oh, did you? I did not, I'm not, I'm not a strong math person. Uh, fortunately, okay. I have a bookkeeper <laughs> who helps with finances. Oh no, I was fine. <laughs> I was fine with. Bi- I love business, man. I had my own. I was running my own. I took business an accounting I- course, and that was that's the best. Yeah. The accounting course is the best math course that I ever performed. Yeah, I um, I had a little business when I was eleven, actually, uh, um, and I used to count all the um, all the pennies and, so, and shillings, and yeah, go on. If I were if I were to just add anything to this <laughs> conversation, it would be that. If uh, you know, my hope is that the large organizations who are currently investing in learning tech make that accessible to small businesses as well. Not just in terms of small businesses being able to use it, but but small tech organizations like Chris, who's heavily invested in the e-learning space, being 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 allowed access in a development manner to those tools, so that you know you can take full advantage of them. Uh, within your own organization by either providing an integration or or some other thing rather than just kind of like forcing uh, use Google or use nothing approach. Because if you want, like Zoom's adopted an integration approach. There's lots of Zoom integrations for like BuddyBoss and LearnDash and Lifter LMS, et cetera. And I, I just hope that they take that level of approach to the problem where they say, we're going to allow third-party developers access to these tools to create better user experiences on third-party e-learning platforms rather than just forcing, you know, use Google or use nothing else. And, and that's really my only hope. I, I have no really indication of whether that will be the case or not. And it's purely hypothetical. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I know there's some third-party plugins, Chris, that enable you to integrate Zoom into WordPress and probably Lifter, but um, are you seeing more third-party or are you looking at yourself to kind of integrate Zoom more effectively into your own product? We've got some technology in the works that is uh, focused on virtual events, regardless of which um, tool you want to use to actually host the meeting. Mm -hmm. And uh, we see people using Zoom a lot, even just standalone. It's very common. So just throwing that out there, you get WordPress, you get your WordPress learning management system, you get somewhere to host your videos like Vimeo Pro and you get a Zoom account. With that combination or Google Classroom or whatever, with that combination, you can do a lot of different things. Yeah. Got anything to say about this, Stephen, or should I go on to the next subject? I'm just excited to see uh, Google Meets getting some Zoom stuff. Uh, we use Google Meets pretty exclusively for uh, all of our calls um, that we have internally and stuff. And there's definitely some features that are missing. And so I'm just excited to see some things being added. Oh, that's great. We're going to go for a break. We've got some other fantastic stories. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPTonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WPTonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. 
got some more stories to discuss. I've got a really great panel. Um, before we go into the other stories, I just want to mention another sponsor of the show and their support is really appreciated. And that is, um, God Almighty, WP Fusion. And I've been using WP Fusion for the past couple of years on a number of projects. And if you're looking to put your marketing optimization on steroids and you're using a WordPress website and an external CRM system like Active Campaign, you really do need WP Fusion. It really puts the whole um, scope of what's available to you um, to a different level. I could go on and on about how we have used it actively in some large projects, but I don't want to bore you. Just go over to WP Fusion and read about what you can do with it with, like I say, almost 200 different external systems. It's quite amazing. And if you decide to buy for yourself or for your clients, like I said, please tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. So into story three, what's new in WordPress 5.5? Deep dive into epic release. What did you think of this one, Stephen? Uh, 5.5 is exciting. Um, really excited to see that they're finally doing uh, native uh, lazy loading of images. That's something that's been out there for a while. Um, a lot of people rely on plugins to handle that. So it's cool seeing that that's happening. Um, some of the improvements to block editor, it's nice to see like some things kind of happening there. Um, specifically uh, the block pattern stuff. I'm really excited to see that kind of come to fruition. Um, it's just, it's just fun seeing it become more and more mature. I mean, like we all talk about, you know, where, where Gutenberg started and the blocks and how abysmal it was. And every feature launch is like, oh man, yeah, like these are the things that need to happen to make it mainstream. I mean, I can see a lot of people being excited about that. Um, and then the auto updates for sure. Um, super excited about that, but also a little nervous because the way people handle updates is not with this mind that things are going to update automatically. And a lot of plugins I found will push some updates that are not the best sometimes. Um, and I've mm, seen can't small little... imagine who you might <laughs> be thinking of. Uh... I've seen some plugins, you know, completely destroy sites on an update. And with an automatic update, people are just going to, I think the developers are just going to have to get a lot better at checking and testing and making sure that when something gets pushed, um, it's not going to break a site. And even like the little things, like little style changes or how to handle like the migration of data or stuff. There's, there's things that you just have to double check and recheck and be able to support older legacy things that people have had in place for years that uh, just, I don't know, it has to become a little bit more refined. So it's I'm excited the, to see that happen. It's the one thing we switch off. <laughs> well, that's why the pay. Yes, well, it's, it's the, the, the automatic updates for, um, for plugins and themes are disabled by default and you have to turn them on if you yeah. want them. Uh, so it's, you know, what, what you get out of the box is your, uh, you know, your WordPress core uh, uh, auto updates and you know depending on your hosting company or if you're signed up with a, a maintenance company or or something uh, auto updates might be uh, disabled we switch, anyway we switch those off as well we right uh, because uh, you know part of what your uh, customers are paying you for is to test it first before updating it on a stage <laughs> i think this will help though with a lot of maturity in how uh, plug-in developers handle updates um, well, you know, heck, I'd love it if to. if if um, certain uh, uh, widely installed plugins would actually like hire a QA team and and uh, <laughs> test test their updates before uh, pushing them. Um, I, I'm not holding my breath, though. Fair enough. <laughs> now, what do you reckon about this, Chris? What did you think of 5.5? I'm super excited by it. Uh, like Steven, I'm, I'm really happy about the block patterns. The first place that I really wanted something to use was like the hero area using Gutenberg. And just to see that in there, I think that's really helpful. Um, I think the block plugin directory is awesome. We actually released a block plugin in there called Yeah, Light I just Elf. noticed you uh, announced that, didn't you? Yes. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the block directory is going to be great. Right now, there's not that much in it. Uh, but, you know, now that it's there, uh, I think we'll see people actually like creating single block 
plugins so people can decide which ones they want and not have to install like three libraries because Library. each one has one block they really like. Yeah, super cool. We we did we call it Light LMS Progress Tracker. So this is for if you have like a membership site and you're not ready for a full-blown LMS, you want people to track their progress of your content. Um, you, they can, it basically puts a mark complete button in there and you can even build simple online courses with it. So we just wanted to contribute what we know how to do, the niche we're in. We wanted to give people something that they could use um, in a, in, in, to track progress in their content. Well, so would you reckon about this, Adrian? Well, I like the new UI. The 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 high contrast is a is a welcome is a welcome change. It's a lot easier to find things now, just personally. Um, I'm at, we're we're I'm I, I, we're trying to innovate at least personally. We're trying to innovate in a way that we're actually we're, we're adopting a new approach to development for WordPress. We're uh, in Groundhog Three. We're actually going to be completely abandoning the WordPress UI and we're, we're, we're attempting to build what we're calling SaaS in WordPress, where it's a, it's an entirely separate application hosted by WordPress kind of outside of the regular WordPress UI. And a lot of the changes that they've been recently adding are making it much easier to do that. So thank you. Uh, so thank you WordPress for these most recent changes. You're, you're making my life easier and our team's life easier. So all, all, all good things and uh, excited for future developments of Gutenberg. Yes. Anybody, speaking of Gutenberg, anybody who is confused, because there was a discussion about this in the Genesis Slack uh, uh, yesterday, uh, about dragging blocks. Uh, there, there, you'll no longer see a drag handle on your blocks, uh, but it doesn't mean you can't drag them. You, you just have to, you know, click and hold on, on either the up or down arrow and drag. And, and I think that's a terrible UI. Uh, terrible, uh, which all of us agreed, but it, it is still possible to uh, drag and drop your blocks. Mm. You'll be able to drag and drop your blocks, won't you? What do you reckon, Spencer? Uh, well, I guess two areas are interesting. Are mm. you into drag and drop? <clears throat> I guess I'll talk about dragging and dropping your blocks first. Um, there was a time when we all had different connectors that worked with our electronics our laptops and phones and chargers and cables. And if you traveled during the 90s into the early 2000s, you used to have to go through the old-fashioned security, which wasn't even a fraction as annoying as the, the recent you know, TSA, where I would have a whole bag filled with cables and chargers and everything else. Yeah, never mind that. How about all the different telephone cords you had to carry for, for connecting I mean, by dial-up in another country? We have to remind kids today about like how we had to do this stuff because that was super annoying. And then thankfully, a consortium got together that came up with USB standard. And with the exception of Apple sticking their thumb in everyone's eyes with their own version of things, one cable works universally. Now, what I would love to have happen is for the wise guys and girls over at... Uh, WordPress to get together with the other, let's say, uh, authors of uh, page builders, come up with some standards of behavior here. Okay. Like when you move a block or a widget or whatever your component is, let's agree that you do this and you drop it. You do that and you open it because then everybody can at least compete to create the coolest version of the stuff that works the same as it is right now. I feel like I'm carrying around a big bag of phone accessories for all my clients. And like, it happens in the CRM world as well, but those are separate platforms. These are WordPress accessories. So can't you all just get along? But the tech debt, the tech debt is real. There's but so much the, tech debt. But it's, you, it's not, it's not, it, that's not right, a real but, but there's also the fact that, you know, the even the way that, you know, the way that Gutenberg has done things has changed several times, uh, mostly because it's like, oh, well, now as we're trying to move into, you know, full-site editing or into this or into that, but, we didn't anticipate thus and so. And, and so we have to change the way these things are coded. And that's that like is a the, challenge that, for developers. That's a regular product development process. Gutenberg is a new product. It's only been yes, around eventually it will settle down and we should at least have internal standards. But Spencer like, is right. It would be really nice if, if everybody worked the same way. 
But look inside of there. You can see in the images from the 5.5 release, look at the one that shows the two columns and it's purple, okay? <laughs> Gutenberg directly ripped that off of Elementor because they woke up and realized, oh, that metaphor works. You know, you can make the two columns and they're yeah. the squares with the plus signs. I think, um, and, you know, power you know, to them for recognizing good UI when they see it. Like, yeah, that's, I, just that's wanna, I just wanna, I just wanna, I want to intervene here because I think I understand what you're all saying, but um, I think this comes down to customizer and I think the failure of customizer has led to a lot of this and. It's a bit like your product, Chris. You know, when you released it, was was did you discuss? You know, I'm going to ask Adrian this. You know, when you were first, was did you ever consider it? You know, really kind of using customizer and really putting a lot of the features in there because you know you decided to build your, you know, you got the page builder, you got your element of your own plugin, haven't you? And you you've gone to some extent with your own interface, haven't you? But was it ever discussed that you're going to use customizer or was it just too risk because it has it was brought out when it was brought out that what it was going to lead to a much unified ux design and fundamentally uh, it's failed hasn't it so oh, yes. I mean, oh who, who's starting well you I can start me. adrian if you want to yeah, go I, on but if chris is start i'll, I'll let chris go first because oh, his, his is more front end than mine is right so uh we always, I guess, saw the customizers actually being for themes, not plugins. And maybe oh, that was yeah. just not, didn't even realize that. And then we had to build our own course, basically block builder, because we were innovating in front of WordPress. This is before WordPress had blocks. They just had the WYSIWYG editor, the classic editor. So we had to build our own, which is, I think, kind of like what Adrian's talking about. Like he's trying to make his own interface, SaaS and WordPress. Mm. Um, so the tools... And really, I just saw the customer customizers for design and themes like Cadence, which is growing in popularity right now. I think leverages the customizer really well. That's why, but, yeah. That's why I thought I would ask you, yeah. But the plugins, I guess I, I never even thought about that. And maybe that's a marketing problem of WordPress itself, like really selling the vision and the story of what the customizer was for and what it was intended to be, because I just never got the memo. And that might have just been my own focus and didn't realize it. But uh, we also built our theme launchpad before the customizer. Well, I think one of the, I think one of the problems, like Matt, uh, Matt from Matt Report, he, uh, he, I, think he, I think his product, and I think he still sells it, Composer, he really, him and his team, they really put the whole, a lot of effort into putting it into Customizer. And I think it led to, because it never caught on his product, but it was quite an interesting product. And it was a little bit before its time. I think so. Uh, And I think one of the reasons it's failed is that he tried to, and I think he admits it, he looks back and he said that was one of the reasons why it probably failed, is they put so much effort into integrating it into Composer. And it just didn't gel, you know, because uh, I don't think Composer gels that well. Well, so. the, the, this is the product where you could sort of create um, basically custom query layouts. Post types, wasn't it? Right. Well, it was, is, you know, as I remember, because I remember looking at it when it came out, it, it seemed very unsure who it was for. because it That was re- another factor. It, the, the, it, the market it required, fit, it? Yeah. you know, it required a fair amount of development skill mm. still to use. And if you had that much development skill, you might just not feel like you had a need for the, uh, yeah. for the product. I thought, I thought it was yeah. interesting but I never it? thought it was interesting enough to pay for it. Um, Matt so, um, so plug-in. Oh, I was just going to say, Matt Medeiros' plugin is called Conductor. Conductor, Conductor. yes. Yeah. Conductor, yeah. Right. And so... Uh, it was a very interesting product. But I think yeah, I, you- I didn't even realize that, that I mean, that that is in my mind as something sufficiently old that I didn't know that, that the... Uh, Customizer was even a thing by uh, yet at that point. Well, Spencer, are, are, am I on something there, or or, or is it a red heron? Because I, I think that's customizer when it was introduced. It was kind of 
pushed out there that it was going to unify the experience. People were certainly encouraged to start, it, you know, it never, it never gelled, did it? Theme option page. It never. Like the Google of uh, WordPress, where their half-baked ideas without supporting them properly never got the momentum because everybody who committed to it was sort of left to their own devices. And now what we see is the legacy of the customizer uh, had two things that happened to it. First of all, the page builders was a better idea. But second of all, that the customizer was left to its own devices. So you found it, in my experience, very frustrating to get anywhere because it was analogous to a file cabinet. Those of yes. us from the old days, again, here's a file cabinet. Open up the drawer. There's a big brown folder with lots of yellow folders. And inside the yellow folder is a brown. And you go, and by the time you found something, yeah. you were 57 clicks into it. Yeah. And nobody could be bothered. It was faster to learn CSS from scratch and code CSS than to find something in the customizer. But the bigger problem is the, the other things they're doing now. I want to address the other one, which is the auto updates. I was discussing that this morning. I think Stephen made the comment that nothing could be closer to the truth than <laughs> this is going to crash a lot of sites because everybody's got some leftover that was brought to the potluck dinner of WordPress a couple years ago and it started to grow mold, and it's sitting in the back of your WordPress fridge, and the next thing you know, auto-update happens, and that green moldy chili that was, you know, a plug-in you got six years ago is there, and you wake up one morning, and your business has been offline for 12 hours, or worse, your client's business has been offline for 12 hours, and it's, uh, John Denwood, uh, are you the one that built this site for me six years ago? I've lost $100,000 of business because of your negligence and blah, blah, blah. So let's for the yes, I think I think now might be a good time for those of us who, who do client work to, to pitch. Uh, uh, we should review your, you know, your site, your the, the tech stack of your site and, and the content of your site. And- do, you, do you go back to clients who don't pay you, Sally, and like ask them, can I please keep up with what you're doing? No. I'm saying for those people that do work and the clients say, thank you, I'm good, I'm off for my own, those clients are going to come back, what did you do to me? Uh, yeah, sorry. If if somebody a, if somebody who's ref, refused to uh, you know not only refused to have me do their maintenance, refused to do their own maintenance, refused to have anybody, it, that's like the so you drove a hundred thousand miles without getting the oil changed, and now you're angry at the dealership that that the you know that the engine on your car is destroyed. No sympathy. I understand no sympathy, but I'm saying you're creating another pain point for intermediaries or professionals that doesn't need to be not that dissimilar to the ones we've discussed in the past, which are <coughs> Adrian <coughs> and uh, Vito's they're, you know, send me to another page or not unlike the themes where putting affiliate links in or not unlike the, why can't Gutenberg put some space between the, the, the layout on the block editor. So it looks like classic. So I can see what I'm seeing. And so forth. And then you combine that with the thumb in your eye of Jetpack, do as I say, not as I do. And WooCommerce is getting you locked into a GoDaddy checkout. And they're creating a very hostile workplace for those that are professionally so, making a living. So, Spencer, you would be an advocate for no auto-update. There should never be auto-update in, in, in a nutshell, I think auto-updates is the least beneficial of these and probably the most problematic. I think the best one of these... People people is, sure argued about it a lot before it came out. I think the best one of these is the one that I don't remember if they if they nicked the code or it doesn't matter because it's free, is the easy theme and uh, easy theme and plug-in auto-updater code. Yeah, they nicked that from the other guy, but at least that's like, that's brilliant. You know, just yeah. drop a zip file in. But this one, this is just rife with at least... You know, I can't remember. But to be in true, Spencer, that that's been an ongoing um, discussion because you know you got the thing about security, security patches. Oh, you know, right. certain elements of the IT world that said open source, especially WordPress, isn't that secure? You know, and developer we, beware, buyer beware, developer beware. You know, I was talking. I was talking today with a group of other developers who are well-known in the space. Uh, You know, it's the same level of of all you guys and so forth. And so the idea is they have a team that is subject to the same kind of things that Sujay and his team got subject to. And they do tend to agree. And I'm not 
pitching or selling this way or that way. They tend to agree that it's a very hostile place to try to build a business when you have teams of people, not just two people or three people. And you have to tell multiple developers what to do and how to do it when the rules are constantly changing, vague, or not even well-defined to begin with. And I think that's where the problem really lies, is that unlike Chris's very thoughtful suggestion earlier of let's clarify the rules, let's have uh, statutes and laws and things that everybody follows. We're in a like 1970s Chicago workplace before Greylord came in. The judges are on the take and the inspectors are on the take and the police are on the take and you got to bribe this guy, but not that guy. Because right now, you could be one company and have a certain set of rules and standards apply and be another set of a company mm-hmm. and a different ones apply. Even though they say it in public, they don't follow those rules themselves. With well, everybody, every year, but with truthful, Spence, everybody's looking for a favour. You know, you, you think the system's rotten when you, you're not given a favour, but when you, but then, you know, when you are given a favour, well, I, I also or, think it's, you know, it's, you think it's fantastic, don't you? you know, I, be- I mean, you know, inconsistent enforcement of rules is something we see uh, all over the place, uh, you know, in this country, but by no means exclusively in this country. But I think it's somewhat harder in WordPress or any other organization that depends substantially on volunteers because you know usually onboarding and and uh, training is you know sufficiently uh catch as catch can in corporations but it's much more so in in these circumstances so uh you know if if something is all happening within your own company you you know you might have a better chance of developing a you know a standard manual and maintaining it and training yeah. everyone to use it that then the Oh well, I thought I'd volunteer on the you know on the theme review team and yeah, but I I, I just want to get back to the base because I think I think this particular discussion has been fantastic because it's you no know, like what Adrian said you know you're you're looking to build a totally independent interface inside WordPress and I totally understand why you're doing that Adrian because the actual basic UX design is really old-fashioned now, Um, but... It's also a question of just, you know, and I I applaud for WordPress doing what they're doing and fixing stuff and innovating. And, you know, they're basically becoming a new product at this point. And all of us are still dependent on the old product Mm. and they're they're continually innovating. You know, I, I come from the Infusionsoft world originally, and this happened with Keep when they rebranded from Infusionsoft to Keep, if anybody else is familiar with that. Uh, but they built Keep, which is a whole new platform built on top of the original Infusionsoft platform with new UI. Everything was in a different place, new buttons. And the Infusionsoft community revolted. And they were like, you know, this is terrible in comparison to what I had before. You know, what I had before wasn't great, but at least it worked and Keep doesn't work. And, and, and basically, WordPress is going through the exact same process and people are revolting because, you know, people are resistant to change. I applaud them for, for, for moving forward, regardless of the naysayers, regardless of the pushback and, and developing something that they believe is going to be a new product. As a plugin developer and as someone who's dependent on WordPress, we're moving outside of the WordPress UI because those changes may affect us in a negative way if we have some sort of backwards compatibility. And it's safer for us to just build an independent UI and an independent structure that we know will be able to maintain for a long period of time that you know we have tested our own UI and, and the things remain consistent for, for our users. And that's yeah, I, to- I, I totally understand why you're doing it, but the only pity about it is you end up with um, a load of, different interfaces depending on the product and it's it's a little bit pragmatic like what Spencer pointed out is you don't get a a coherent total experience you get a a fragmented experience that is I would equate it to the Shopify experience if you're familiar with the Shopify experience you install the Shopify app and every app has its own UI that they've tested and hopefully developed to something that's adequate for for their use. And Shopify is quite successful. And I don't think anybody's going to say that the app experience on Shopify is terrible. Yeah. But that's that's kind of the experience that I think WordPress is going to continue to evolve into is that Shopify. Because I mean Shopify and you look at WooCommerce, it's like their their big competitor along with Wix and whoever. It's like, you know, they're they're competing with the Shopify market directly. 
And I think they're going to adopt a similar app-like experience where you install the app. It comes with its own UI and its own package and its own functionality, oh, wow. et cetera. And, and that's the kind of experience that WordPress is going to evolve into as they continue to evolve and the legacy plugins eventually, you know, get with it or, you know, go, go out mm-hmm. and branch off and do something else. Yeah, 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 I see. Okay. All right, I, I'm going to. I don't. I don't want this to become war and peace. And I'm sure you've all got things to do in your Fridays. So I'm going to drop the other two stories if that's okay with the panel. And I'm just going to go into the recommendations. Um, our panel recommendations, and um, I got one. I don't normally. I've had a number of people with no budgets approach me, and they wanted to build. A, online school their their metaphor i want to take the metaphor of a physical school and i want to build it and i want to use lifter lms or i want to use another learning management system and i want to and i want you to build this whole thing for five hundred dollars Right, and um, and I have to reply. The five hundred dollars would even cover the um, initial research we would do to find out what you actually require. So I don't think, and I haven't had any answer to them because they're sincere. They're normally teachers or um, other entrepreneurs that don't have any money, and um, or they say they don't, and I've had no solution. But I, I found this, and I normally wouldn't recommend it, but it's kind of blown me away what these people have built. And it's on theme for us, and it's a theme, uh, but it has all this, what you would need. And it, I think it works with various learning management systems. I haven't delved in it too far, but um, it was just the breath of the build out in this theme it's literally had everything if you wanted to start an online school online so i still get in these inquiries i literally get about three a week and then i just send them this ulr and the video there's on youtube there's a like a three hour video of this um theme and the, and the I think it comes from the chief developer and it walks through every aspect and it's quite amazing. I'm not saying that if it works or not, because I haven't tried it um, extensively at all. I haven't downloaded it or played with it at all. But if you're looking, if you're a teacher and you're trying to build an online school or whatever, you might want to look at this. So um, Sally, um, anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers and panellists, can you please put your recommendation in the chat? That really helps. Uh, uh, yes, I, uh, I noticed uh, uh, this in the tavern. I haven't had a chance to try it out yet. Uh, but uh, what they mentioned is that the current version of uh, Reusable Blocks Extended, uh, which is a free plugin in the WordPress repo, allows you to convert reusable blocks into block patterns. And I uh, have extensively used reusable blocks as block patterns because there weren't any block patterns yet. Uh, so I am uh, uh, keen to check this out and uh, see how it works. Um, that sounds fantastic. Spence, have you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? You know, I went to high school with Warren Peace. He was a really nice guy. He's <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Thank you, Sally. All right, so I've got two that are a, a pair. It's sharelogins.com, which is the paid version, or in the WordPress repository, WP Remote User Sync. What these do in a WordPress membership site or marketing automation site is it allows you to bypass the normal method of using your CRM to get the same user access to multiple sites. Let's say, for example, you have a multi-site, or let's say you have two independent sites. Somebody pays on site one, and you want to give them immediate access, including automatic login to your second, third, fourth site. You can do that with WP Fusion and LaunchFlows and other ways to just send their tag up to the CRM and then sync them back to the sites. What this does is it allows you on the primary site to identify which other sites should get that person immediately on sale, and it talks to them directly. So when somebody buys on site one, if they get registration login, 
they're immediately given login to the other ones. Now, it doesn't take them there, which is the best part. It just sort of makes their hotel card open those doors when they show up there later. So very happy to use these as an adjunct to any membership site, LMS site, marketing. It's just fantastic, site. aren't they? I think one the one you're talking about is developed by a French developer, and I think Adam from WP Cron promoted it, and that's when I heard about it. And I think I mentioned it on one of Chris's um, developer or user um, Zooms that Chris regularly did. Uh, I just think it's an amazing plugin. Thanks for mentioning that. Um, Andre Froger. Yeah, he, uh, he's a bright guy who built that. because it, It's a great plugin because it, it is literally as good as the page shared logins. And it's free. It is, so it's the and same. it really solves that problem, especially if like Buddy Boss or, or something you want on a subdomain and, and they've got two user accounts and you, and you don't want them having to – you can't banally map them. Well, this will solve that problem, won't it, you know, um, if you want to do that. Um, Chris, got anything you want to recommend to the listeners of yours? Yeah, I'm just going to recommend our new block, which is called Light LMS Progress Tracker. So you don't even have to install a plug a plugin if you're using the new WordPress 5.5. Just go to blocks, do a search for either the word LMS course or membership. It'll be the top item that comes up, Light LMS Progress Tracker. Once you start using the block, it'll install the plugin in the background, and that allows you to for your users and website visitors to track their progress through your content, you can even build simple online courses with it. So you must have been having this for this internal discussion. So are you going to kind of build your own products based on Gutenberg? And but for the page builders, you're going to allow or rely on third party solutions, and you just promote them for ex, you know like for Elemate or Beaver Builder? Is that what you're planning to do? Well, I mean, Lifter LMS is a WordPress plugin. So we're going to, like natively, our first priority is to support WordPress. And if the WordPress editor is using blocks, we're going to support that. Yeah. But we also want to develop yeah. an ecosystem uh, we, where other companies can make great products and make a lot of money integrating yeah. things like Elementor. Somebody could take a earn a lot of money by doing it with Divi. Nobody's done it yet. Somebody no, that, that that's one. been surprising, uh, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge opportunity out there. If you're listening to this and you're a developer and you're looking for a product to get into, a Lifter LMS Divi integration, and you could do it with other WordPress LMS tools as well. Um, that that would be super powerful, as well as with Beaver Builder. There's a yeah, yeah. somebody could do that. Somebody could do it with Brizzy, Oxygen, all of them. Uh, it's, it's an opportunity out there. But we'd, we're going to focus on the core. We don't want to get too far outside of the LMS, just like the article earlier in this episode. There's a lot of innovation that needs to be done just inside the e-learning yeah. capabilities itself, and that's our primary focus. Yeah, that's logical. I thought I would just ask, and uh, you gave the logical answer. Um, Adrian, anything you want to recommend to the listening viewers? Yeah, uh, no one likes processing refunds. No one likes getting refund requests. Uh, I documented in an extensive article all the steps that uh, our organization has taken in order to reduce the amount of refund requests that we get and how to uh, actually turn process refunds back into forever customers. Uh, we have something like a 50% return rate on refunds after six months, which is uh, pretty incredible. And we don't process a lot of refunds as it is. And we've documented all the steps that we've taken in order to create that kind of ecosystem. Uh, so that's available on our blog. Uh, how to reduce refunds with five simple strategies uh, to document or to, to start implementing your own refund uh, prevention and refund reduction, refund reclamation processes. Yeah, it's a great article, actually. There's not much information about that particular area. You did a great job there, Agent. Um, Stephen, got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, I'm going to recommend an article from The Verge about Apple banning Fortnite because of their payment system. I think it's really interesting to look into how other people are handling kind of how, how they penalize people for playing outside of the box. Um, and I think when you look at what Google does or Apple does, who are huge players in the mobile app space, you have to live in their ecosystems to survive. 
WordPress all of a sudden starts feeling way freer than anything else out there. And I think it's just, even though it's easy to get frustrated and mad because it's open source and things should be freer than they are compared to everything else out there, um, WordPress isn't too bad. Yeah, you made a great, and thanks, Stephen, you made some great points um, during the show. I I think we're going to. Can I tack on something to Stephen? Everybody should go read uh, the Hey. Uh, the new Hey email app debacle uh, and and the battle between them and the app store and the whole antitrust investigation in Europe. It's it's quite an interesting uh, problem because and and Hey won essentially. So it's interesting to see that you know they're gonna they're gonna try and try it with somebody else because because Hey a small organization won uh, against Apple. So that's kind of fun. All right, that's great. Going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks, panel. I think it's been a great show. We had a great discussion. And we'll see you next week, listeners, and hopefully you'll be able to watch it live on Facebook. Unfortunately, the Facebook gods um, let me down this week. There wasn't much I could do about it. Um, but we'll see you next week, folks. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.